man. Looking forward to part two today with Vinny. We had him on last week to talk about back pain, and we got such a big response from his episode. We said we should probably bring him back, and so that is our intention today. Um, what grabbed you from our conversation that we're getting ready to have with Vinny? Uh, more, more than anything, it was simply the walkthrough, the step-by-step walkthrough of what we can do immediately if we are experiencing pain. And, and I want to, I want to focus on the fact that it's, it's not just back pain, but any kind of pain, whether it's ankle pain, knee pain, hip pain, shoulder pain, neck pain, it's, it's how we approach it. And it was the, on, on episode one, it was a, it was a high level overview of it but I love how we got into the nitty gritty of it in this episode, step-by-step. Yeah, so if you keep listening, you're gonna get an SOS plan when the when is, when the fit is hit the shan, as they say, and it's just like, uh, you know, Mach 10 on the pain scale. Uh, we're gonna help you create an SOS plan today. We're gonna help you understand the four things that you have to do immediately to mitigate back pain. And then we're also gonna spend a little bit of time on the story, which has some parallels for your world. Well, that's that was the thing that really gripped me from this conversation is the the identity and how we start to own our pain there's so many parallels with the weight loss journey and as people are trying to transform it's it's all how we see ourselves then and and of course as you go through the process we're going we're to talk about some of the red flags of what to be aware of so that you don't start to self-sabotage yourself and i hope that piques your attention because um, all too often as your people are going through the the weight loss journey, the transformation journey, you start to self-sabotage when you start to see success because of the fear of what if this actually works? And if it does, what does that mean? And what's that going to cost me? But also think about the benefits as well. And so there's a lot to uncover in this episode. Awesome. Let's get right to it. Here is part two with Vinny on the I Needed That podcast. I needed that. I'm down for that. I think that's cool. Well, Chris's podcast, I Needed That, co-hosted by Matthew Blades, is available on all streaming platforms, everybody. Again, we're talking with Rachel from season five of my show. If you're looking for anything in return when it comes to forgiveness, then you're not truly forgiving deep down inside. Now we're doing the research to see, is it the chicken or the egg? Is it the hot flashes causing it? Or is it, you know, you're just having hot flashes because you're higher risk for these other things because you have poor blood flow. Well, welcome to another episode of Learn from People Who Lived It. Chris and I are in separate locations today because I'm tired, man. I, that, there's like, there's nothing more fancy than that. I'm just tired and I didn't want to make the drive today. And so call me lazy, but we're in separate locations because of it. How are you? No, it's all good, man. You need a, you need a little mental and physical health break. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we had our, uh, and we'll talk about this later, but uh, I put on these grief relief retreats for folks and it's a mix of yoga, meditation, equine therapy, a river ceremony, lots of journaling, lots of looking inward. And the retreats are beautiful. They're amazing, but they're about 10 hours in length. And, you know, after a full day of helping other people go through their stuff, you know, I just didn't get home till late this morning. It was cold. I went to the gym. I texted Chris (laughs) at eight and I was like, you know, I'm gonna yeah. do this from here today, so. and that's and that's okay, my friend. In fact, as soon as you as soon as I got your text, I was like, you know what? It's all good. You, you especially when you you described what your weekend was like, I was like, <laughs> dude, you take the time. It's all good. Hey, thank goodness for technology. Here yes. we are, and you know yes. we don't have to skip a beat, and we can bring we can bring our special guests back in because we've got so much cool stuff to cover with them as well. So yeah, I think we're making history. Awesome. We're making. I needed that history today because this is the very first time that we've invited a guest back the very next week because we really were so just engaged in what part one sounded like. And after the feedback that we received from it, it was so clear that we needed to have round two with Vinny, who is going to join us in a couple of minutes. What were your big takeaways from our first round with Vinny? Well, it really spoke to me because I've I've spent um, probably 15 years being angry about my lower back pain. And I've, I've sought out so many solutions with, with minimal relief. We'll put it that way. So I think one of my biggest takeaway was actually starting to to understand that, okay, if the pain's not necessarily going to go away or will it was the kind of, was the biggest 
I guess, turning point because I accepted the fact that I'm going to live with my pain for the rest of my life. I even tell my kids this all the time. I was like, well, my back hurts and I can't fix it. I'm going to live with this pain for the rest of my life. And that's fine. You know, and there's always like that, that bitterness behind it. And then when you, we were actually talking about that Hawaiian mantra, you know, that we, that, that we, uh, that, that he was, that was, he was mentioning as an example of something when you start to experience the pain, speaking to it with, I'm sorry, I forgive you. Thank, or thank you. And I love you. And it's just like, and, and so when I started to practice that this week, and I know there's a lot more work to be done, but even when I was experiencing the pain for the first time in my life, I was not angry about it, which maybe that's what it takes. It's that the practice. And I, I don't know the science behind this. I don't, but there's something to it about reframing it in your mind, the way that you, you think about it. And it brought me to, and I mentioned this in the, in the very last um, in the episode we were talking about with him is that there's that that saying, and it's like, if you resist pain, it will destroy you. But if you accept it, it will walk with you as your brother, right? And it's like, okay, maybe there's something to this. And so that, that was my biggest takeaway. Sorry to, to rant on that one. How about you? What was your biggest takeaway from it? It's with a lot of the same, but I was going to say for me, it's always going to be with regard to back pain, how much the emotional element plays a, a factor here, like how, how important that is. Like I always say to people who have back, who to tell me they have back pain, I say, okay, first thing I want you to do is I want you to go get, you know, CT scan, MRI, whatever x-rays do, do all the stuff because you need to determine first, if you've got some physical thing wrong. And then once you've got an eye on that, then you need to consider the emotional element to it right. as well. And so um, let's bring him back in, man, because yeah. we have so many questions that we want to ask him today. And Vinny, um, thanks for coming back. Thanks for helping us make I Needed That History first and foremost. How are you, brother? Yeah, great. Glad to be a part of it. Yeah, man, this is so good. So what, what was your big takeaway from our episode together uh, a couple of weeks ago? What was the big thing you took away? You know, it it was it was nice and lovely and validating and comforting to hear two other men recognize the emotional component of this process. And maybe it just goes back to my background of what it was like being a kid, you know, being told not to cry, don't show emotions, talking about emotions, it's weak, it's vulnerable, you know, it's vulnerable. And that's not strength. That's what being a man is. And to be able to just have a great conversation with both of you and to see both of you, like literally the, the, the switch was flipped. The moment we moved away from the biomechanical, the physical, the physicality of it into the emotional realm, you both just leaned in and it was like, yeah, this is, this is a very validated real thing that so many people are going through. We're all yeah, going through it. It's just in a different way. Yeah. So when we pulled aside from it, we had a meeting on Friday and our podcast manager, Sam, who is dealing with back pain currently right now, she was like, I just need to know how, like, I need next steps. I don't know what to do. Like you told me it's emotional. You told me I need to be friends with my pain. You told me I need to do the Ho'opono uh, prayer. Uh, uh, but like, what do I do for the pain right here, right now? And that's a pretty fair question. Don't you think, Chris? Oh, a thousand percent. And that's, I, however, I think it was so good for us to set the foundation last week mm -hmm. as just from, from, a, from a general standpoint of if you're experiencing pain, what about shifting your mindset to addressing the emotional and traumatic side of it versus just the physical trauma of it, the emotional trauma behind it. And so <clears throat> I, I a thousand percent agree that it's like, okay, let's, let's start to drill down now. But that's why we also needed a second episode because there was just so much to cover. And so Vinny, it's so awesome having you back because we're excited about taking this one level deeper into, and we started to talk about some of those steps that people can, can take, but yeah, like today, let's dig into some tactics of this is what you're experiencing. Let's try A, B, C and and see how far we can take our listeners who might be experiencing pain in their life and, and i know we keep drilling down on back pain but pain pain any kind of physical pain whether it's your knee your ankle your hip your lower back your neck your shoulder whatever it is let's let's start talking about those steps that we can take to start to talk to the emotional side of it that's why i'm, I'm excited about today so we can get into those the, the nitty-gritty of it 
Yeah, where do you feel like you want to start, Finney? Yeah, th th thanks for framing that. So, look, it's really easy to say, hey, let's just be friends with pain and treat yourself with compassion, kindness, when your body is not screaming at you. You know, nerve pain is deafening with how intense it is and how much it grabs your attention. So before we can even develop the tools and the skills emotionally to approach this, we have to recognize the physicality, the very real physiological pain response that your body is experiencing. Step one, let's lower those alarm bells. Let's downregulate your system. Let's get you feeling better. Let's mitigate symptoms. So for everybody who wants to know the very first step, let's help you actually feel better. And that is not just talking about it. On my website, I've got a free routine. Anybody can go there, type in what problems that they're struggling with, whether it's ankles, knees, hips, pelvis, lower back, mid back, shoulders, neck, whatever problems they're having. I've got a very short questionnaire. I want to know the length of time that you've been struggling with this with this issue, uh, the things that you've tried that have not allowed this to continue or to make progress. And then I will give you a 15 to 25 minute series of corrective exercises that you can do immediately, like right after this podcast, go do it, hit pause on it, do the exercises, and then come back and we'll most likely have a better framework or a higher capacity to listen because things are not screaming at you internally. You actually might feel an immediate change, which would be lovely. So lowering the alarm bells is number one. <clears throat> and as somebody who's been there, done that, all three of us have, we can all agree that, um, yeah, you know, listen, because when you're in that really heightened state of, of pain, I, I mean, I don't, I'm not a neurologist, but I would guess you're kind of in fight or flight, right? And then you, you, you don't have the ability to think rationally and do rational mm -hmm. things because the, the, the alarm is so loud. You're just like we said last week, a hundred times, you're just in survival mode, right? Yeah, yeah, you're in survival mode. And, and typically, most musculoskeletal painful problems come from muscle imbalances, tension, the body not receiving a lot of support while it's moving. So mitigating symptoms for most people. And I'm not, I'm not trying to take away the experience of it. But oftentimes, lying on your back with your legs over a couch or a chair, so your hips and knees are at 90 degrees, and widening your base of support, right? So your back is laying on the ground, your legs are over a couch or a chair. That means that the chair is supporting your body weight, the floor is supporting your body weight. There's no real work that your nerves and muscles have to do for you to exist in this moment. Five, 10, 15, 20 minutes of you just being in that position, oftentimes for most people, is enough to just take the edge off. Right. And I'm not saying this is the miracle end all be all, but positionally, if we can just put your body in a position of greater support, that might actually give us the wiggle room to then go have a deeper conversation about this. So mm. for those people listening and we're sitting upright, if you're fidgeting, if you don't feel comfortable, continue to listen, lie on your back and throw your legs over a couch or a chair. And let's just find a position where we don't have to stress ourselves to just be here. We can actually let go and allow the floor to hold us. And let's watch it over Chris? the duration of that's the exact same position. When I throw out my back, that's the exact same position I find myself in, on yeah. the floor with a pillow bolster underneath my knees as I'm lying there, because that's the one position that gives me relief. What are you thinking about, Matthew? Uh, the same thing. I mean, that, that's, that's, that's exactly how, it, like mm -hmm. when you have back pain, you will find, you will contort your body in any way, shape or form to try to figure out how you yeah. can just be there and be comfortable. Right. Yeah. No. So and, by, by, by the way, I love where we're going here because this is exactly what we need. Find a position in which you are not experiencing excruciating pain. Right. Yeah. Dial the frequency down just that's a little it. bit. Yep. Yep. We have to. Yep. There, exactly there's it. because without it, and if we don't have a solid framework and a foundation to approach pain, we're just, we're only going to meet it with all the stuff that we talked about on our first episode with anger, with resistance, with comparison, with frustration. I don't have time to throw my back out. I don't have time for it. We have to calm things down first so we can then lead the body step by step to getting more support physically and more support mentally and emotionally. 
So there, there are okay. tools and positions are tools. What about pain medication, Tylenol, ibuprofen, cannabis, CBD? There's like a million things out there that people that are reaching to currently, right, mm -hmm. to try to mitigate the pain. What is your advice or best practices to wean yourself off of those things and then but yet how important is it to stay on some of those things so that you can kind of function and and be normal right i just was talking with somebody yesterday and she's like i have to take hydrocodone almost every day for this this pain that i have in my knees just so i can function and it's mm -hmm. like okay that's not a great long-term strategy but i understand why that might be important in the here and the now because you're just trying to get the a to b yeah and and just just to the the hard part about this conversation is again i'm outside of it when i was in it there was no way in hell i was going to go a day without pain medication i couldn't even sure. fathom yeah. that that drugs were my lifeline to get to the night and drugs were my lifeline to get to the morning that's all it was it was just how much longer until i can take drugs to just be bearable without even doing much with my life. So I understand being, being in that. The challenging part is when there's anything, anti-inflammatories, pain medication introduced into our body that changes our biochemistry, and we begin to learn how to put this veil over our pain. Again, we're almost treating pain as the problem itself. Pain is the messenger. And there's actually something very useful in our pain. So when we begin to suppress that feeling to get through our day, what we're really doing is moving our body beyond its cap normal capacity to move. So something that would normally hurt that says, hey, this is a faulty motion. We don't have a lot of support here. Now that we have the mask of drugs in our system, we don't have those alarm bells as much. So we actually continue to re-injure ourselves again and again but we're not actually quite aware of it because the drugs are in our system. So one of the really challenging things about medication is we're actually disconnecting from the communication with our body temporarily. And that communication is quite useful. Now, because addiction was a part of, of my story, I tried weaning off so many times and it just didn't work. And I'm not recommending this for anybody. I had to go cold turkey. There was, there was no other way around it. I had to face that beast head on and just stop cold turkey. And I went through withdrawals. It was really ugly. It was really nasty. But I also had to get very clear on reconnecting with my body and what pain signals were really there. I learned that I would take drugs before doing my rehab because that was my only way of doing rehab. However, that copy paste repeat process over such a long time, I would be doing rehab high and I'd be pushing my body beyond its normal capacity and I'd just barrel through resistance and force or like joint limitation or nerve pain. What normally would have stopped me, those pain signals weren't really stopping me. No wonder why therapy flared me up all the time because I wasn't getting a really good read on what's intimately happening within my body. And this is the challenge of using these drugs and prescriptions while trying to also heal and rehab, is you're not really getting a full gauge on what you can do and what you can't do. Where is that limit and that line that helps you heal? And then where is that line that we cross where we're just paying the price for it again the next day? Copy, rinse, and repeat over and over. When there's, when there's drugs present, um, we have to be very mindful about the exercises that we're doing and the intensity at which we're doing them with. Uh, this goes right back to more of the emotional side. What is your relationship to intensity? Uh, most people will take drugs to then go do something really hard. Um, for example, maybe it's not even hard. Maybe it's just sitting. People will take drugs to go sit for eight hours. We have to look at how we can break up things in our day to not put the body in so much stress while these substances are in our system. I don't know what's best. I don't know if weaning off of it is what's best for you. I don't know if you need to go cold turkey is what's best for you. What I do know is we need to improve the way that your body's moving. And if 
we can show you positions that can naturally mitigate symptoms and inflammation. I want you to learn how to use positions with your body in replacement using narcotics and anti-inflammatories. If I can teach you these positions that help do what these drugs are chemically trying to do, that's going to be a massive, massive win. Most people that I meet who are in this really vicious cycle like I was, they don't have SOS routines. They don't have the, here's one, two, three, four, five positions, movements, exercises, and positions I can do that I know I can rely on to immediately take me out of discomfort. And because there's that lack of knowledge, the only thing left to do is to swallow a pill. There's nothing else for them to do. Or go get an emergency chiropractic session, book an emergency massage therapist session. We have to first create an SOS. Before we can even wean off of drugs, we've got to at least learn a couple of self-care tips that can take our body out of this uh, alarm, uh, alarmed state. Because without it, I, I don't see how it's possible to break away from that stuff. And we'll be right back. If you're looking to lose weight, improve your mood, gain muscle, get fit, boost your energy, improve your wellness or reduce stress, there's a brand new app on the market right now. And of course, I am very partial to it because I built it over the last two years, all based on the most powerful lessons that I've learned over the last couple of years, but all to help serve you and solve your problems. It's a revolutionary new habit tracker, but it's done in a way that you've never thought about transformation before. And it's all about keeping your promises. This is where I've seen so many people go wrong in the past, but this is why we're doing transformation the right way by taking on one thing at a time and slowly stacking it from there to help you get to where you ultimately want to go. So I want everybody to go to wherever they get apps and look for the kept app with Chris Powell, kept app with Chris Powell. And you'll find that seven day trial right there and you can jump in and you can start keeping your promises today. Well done on the app, my friend. Thank you so much, my friend. It was, it's been a, uh, it's a project of passion. That's for sure. And I'm not stopping anytime soon. We're going to keep evolving this sucker. I love it. All right. Before we get into the podcast, I also want to let everyone know that uh, part of what I offer the world is an opportunity to take your podcast and level it up or get it off the ground completely. And so if you're a company, if you're a group of people, if you're like me and Chris and you just have a couple of cool ideas that you'd like to see packaged into a podcast every single week for your audience, uh, I'm offering you an opportunity to work with me. And uh, there's a few packages that you can jump in at, but I'm I'm telling you everything from what am I going to call my show? What are we going to talk about? What does the music sound like? How does it get pieced together? How do I release it? How do I deal with YouTube? I'll walk you through all of that step by step. I'll make this the easiest process you can possibly imagine. All of your guidance just over the last year, you've made this podcast what it is. And I can't thank you enough. A beautiful thing, man. Yeah. If you want to get going, if you want to level it up, you can reach out to me. Go to learn from people who lived it.com and hit the contact tab and I'll be in touch. Let's get back to our podcast. It makes perfect sense. Is your SOS routine to get on the floor, put that lumbar pillow under your knees? Is that one of your SOS routines? That is my SOS routine. Yep. As soon as that back flares up, that's the first thing I do. I'm I'm on the ground, pillow bolster underneath my knees. And then from it's it's usually there until you know, I'll, I'll sit there for a while just to relieve the pain. Then I'll roll over onto my side and I'll actually crawl on all fours to kind of, to see if I can feel it enough to step to, like, then, um, to support myself with my hand to then get up. Like usually I'll crawl my, up onto a couch and I'll try to stand. And, you know, it, and for anyone who's thrown out their back or, you know, bulging disc, herniated disc, Etc. As that position, like to go from that position to standing, it's it's almost as if I'm I'm sh I'm literally shaking, mm -hmm. trying to get to that that place. And then a lot of times I'll find myself back down onto my four on all fours, and I roll back over and on, onto my back until like. And ultimately, I'm trying to get. <clears throat> I'm either trying to get to the freezer to get some ice, or I'm trying to go get a hot water bottle. So I'm I'm, I'm looking for ice or heat or ibuprofen, right? Like that's the goal is to get 20 feet to either the pantry or the freezer, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so it's just, or or to like, you know, a microwave hot pack or something like that. But I mean, that that journey right there can be excruciating, right? 
Yeah. Amen. Um, Amen. Oh, yeah. Man. For me, the SOS plan always was when I was at the height of my back pain, there was a couple of things. Number one was breath. It was instantly what I would go to. Uh, but I, but I would do that in conjunction with stretching. And so I would do, uh, exercises for me that stretched out my piriformis muscle, that stretched out my hamstrings, that stretched out some of the lower back muscles. One of my favorite things to do was get downward dog and kind of alternate my feet and just feel that amazing hamstring stretch. And a lot of times just stretching out my legs would mm -hmm. help me relieve so much tension in my back. And so what 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 is it about that stretching bit that you know, Vinny, that helps us relieve the tension in our back? And why is that so important for some people? Yeah, this is great. So first thing I want to call out here is you both have talked about the first two steps at changing these problems, right? Just like there's the stages of grief. Everybody experiences them differently, but there's stages to it. There's steps. Our physiology and our body is no different. Step one is just finding a position on the ground, mitigating the symptoms, calming down the nervous system. Step two is stretching, it's lengthening, it's relaxing those muscles that are excessively tight, which I'll get into in a minute. Step three, and this is where, this is where the biggest gap in most people is when it comes to resolving chronic pain issues. Step three is activation. Once we relax the body and mitigate symptoms, once we stretch the tight muscles, most people just get up and go about their day. But if we're missing step three and four, it's just Groundhog's Day over and over again. Step three is activating the larger muscle groups, the ones that actually contribute and support your movement. Step four is integrating movement patterns. Now let's get the entire body to move better and smoother together. Where most people get stuck in this vicious cycle for years is they just look at the mitigation. Just how can I just calm down my symptoms? How can I just stretch what's tight? And that missing third and fourth step is what keeps step one and step two excessively needed again and again, okay? I mean, which which would, we can break down further. Would you guess that's that's... Partly, I, I, I'm, I'm trying to think about the mentality of, again, of being, and, and you've mentioned a handful of times, you're like, it's hard because you're outside the conversation now, but when you're in it, obviously it's, you know, as far as our mentality these days, it's just quick fix, quick fix, quick fix, mm -hmm. mask it with drugs. Even though your knee doesn't want to bend beyond 15 degrees, you're cranking it to 90 because you can't feel it. Right. So you're trying to just, you're trying to solve the problem immediately. What's with setting realistic expectations for someone and saying, look, you're not going to alleviate the, um, this, the, the symptoms or you're not going to get relief from pain in the next week. What if, I mean, what if you almost set realistic expectations of saying, this is a six month journey, or this is a one year journey. And by the way, you, you don't crank your knee to 90 degrees instead of 15 degrees today without drugs maybe try 17 degrees. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, <clears throat> is it now I, then I go to that place. I'm thinking I'm in pain. I want to relieve it. It has nothing to do with the fact that, you know, we're constantly, you know, we're in, we're in this instant gratification, um, culture, which doesn't help because no, you're thinking, doesn't. Oh, there's a fix for everything. And I can get it fixed right away. In fact, I can solve my problem in a week. I'm sure that doesn't help. But at the same time, when you're in pain, you're looking for that instant relief. What if you just accepted the fact there's like, it's going to, this is going to be a long road for me. And I just have to take this one step at a time, you know? And that is why emotions have everything to do with this. I could step by step by step. I could literally give you the plan. And I have, I've got a year long plan step every single day. Here's exactly what you need to do. And if you are bringing impatience to that, which I get, it's so normal. I got to get out of this pain. J just give me the, don't teach me, don't tell me, just fix it. That is how you are emotionally showing up to this problem. And if we don't talk about that, you will never get to that year finish mark. And what you're going to do, because yeah. I've done, is say, to hell with this, it doesn't work, it's not fast enough. You'll leave and go find another method that promises fast relief. Well, that shit doesn't work because we already know it's not a fast process. You've spent 10 years getting here. It's not going to be done and, and changed in two weeks. We could make progress, 
but we're not fixing anything in two weeks. And the yo-yo start, mm. stop, start, stop, quit. Just like dieting. this gadget on TV, it never, yep. it doesn't stop because we mm. don't deal with that source emotionality of you not understanding this is a process and you are on day one of this process. Mm. And if Can you don't surrender question? to that beginner's mentality, you're going to lose tough. a lot of money and a lot of time. Yeah. yeah. Let me ask you both a question because this is, and I really want both of you to be thoughtful about your answers and bat this around. How, let's talk to people who are, because I, I went through this stage in my back pain where you eventually, you get so angry at it, you get so mad at your body and you get so pissed off at the situation that you almost punish yourself. You almost do something that'll make it hurt worse. Uh, you, whether that's pushing yourself or trying a treatment that your doctor would probably say, you don't do that, please. Um, so. Chris, you can start, but because you see this in your world with people that get to a point where they just get so angry and so fed up, their hands go up and they just start literally punishing themselves. So how do you stop the cycle of self-sabotage with regards to pain? And then, you know, weight loss is kind of your, your lane, Chris. Yeah. Um, Vinny, you want to go first? You want me to? I'd love to, I'd love to hear your response. Yeah. So, so for me, um, typically I'll speak to, it, it, it requires a conversation and, and, and that conversation with any, any given individual, it will just be me approaching it with childlike curiosity without any judgment of let's go back into your past and let's talk about all the different attempts that you have made. And, and usually when I do that, you know, let's say if I've got a 33 year old woman, um, you know, she starts going back and, and she could probably rattle off. 10, 11, 12 times that she's attempted to lose weight. And then, and what happened? Why did, you know, what happened in this attempt? You know, well, this happened and, and then I was, I was so pissed off and, you know, and, or, you know, a, a tragedy happened and then I had to throw it all out the window. And then, so we, we start just looking through all the different attempts and, you know, what, once he really, and, and it's like, okay, keep going, keep going. And, you know, after like three or four times, they think they're done. You know, they're, they're like, okay, I've given you enough. And I was like, no, 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 let's, let's keep going. And so they, they start getting into eight, nine, 10, 11. And this, this practice can take quite a, quite a bit of time because I just want them to see all the times that they've attempted and then what, what has happened. And then when they threw their arms up, like Matthew was just explaining, and they were so frustrated and they, they threw it all away. And then I, then I then lead them to, how do you feel about yourself now? You know, and, and, and more than anything, and I, I always want to change the conversation to where their confidence is and their esteem and their belief in themselves and their, their love for themselves. And then we will then backtrack and start to look at all the times they've broken promises to themselves. I mean, every, my, whole, my whole journey, everything I do is just built on honoring your word to yourself. And then, and talking about the, the power of that commitment and how most of us don't realize the power that's hidden within our, the promises that we make to ourselves. And then, so I like to break everything apart from there and say, look, just like you have, you've taken, and then we can go back and decipher all of these different times that they've attempted and failed. And they look at all the things that they've taken on, which is just so much. And then when one of them falls, everything falls together and they, there's all this frustration. So again, it's this biting off more than you can chew. I want it all now. I want it all now. They take on so much and then they fall. So then we just, I, I show them the parallel with the damage that's done to their spirit in the process. And then I show them that in order to reverse that, all we do is we reverse engineer instead of making and breaking promises, we're simply going to start making and keeping promises. And that's how I take people back up. But seriously, Vinny, it is just like what you're doing. It's not a one week plan. It's a one year plan. And then they, they have to take everything apart and they start with one promise that they keep over and over and over. And once they believe in themselves enough to keep that promise, to know that they can do it, we simply stack on another and they do it over and over. I can't tell you how many people are like, wow, dude, you help these people lose half their body weight. And over the course of a year, what diet are they following? I'm like, no, you gotta they start with, they start with one promise. It's not the diet. They start with one promise and they yeah. stack those promises. Just like this course that you're talking about to, to relieve the pain. It's like you don't throw everything at the whole kitchen sink at it at once. You mm. start with one thing. 
hey, feel better. Lie in a pain-free position. Maybe that's maybe that's your job just for today. Find a pain-free position. And then whenever you're ready, let's 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 let add light layer two, stretch. Do that for a while. And then then three, large muscles. It's one promise at a time. They're doing it the same way. What do you think, Benny? Yeah. I mean, yeah, pick up where he's putting down. Yeah, I, I you know, on, on my social page, I've got hundreds of before and afters. And and some of them, you know, just to show what is possible, I show really extreme cases. Maybe somebody going from like a 55 degree scoliosis curve down to like the low tens really huge transformations. Now, I know the time between these photos is 12 to 18 months, maybe sometimes two years. But the public will say, what exercise did she do to do that? <laughs> right? Right? Like what, what tip did she use? It is a process that does these things. And First of all, it makes sense if you're angry and you've got that kind of ferocity and intensity because you're pissed about your your pain. And, and again, pain is just a sensation. But when you start to get mad at it, it's typically because you start comparing. Well, I used to be able to do this thing. Now I can't do it. It's this comparison that creates all this friction and tension. And then you start to think about all the things. Well, I can't be intimate with my partner. I can't go play with my kid. It, it just fuels this inner intensity. And when you have this intensity and you apply it to physical exercises, you're, it, you're trying to meet intensity with intensity. You'll push yourself way too hard. The only way I have seen that actually combats that in a way that de-escalates people's self-sabotage is to show them how they can feel better with very gentle exercises. So ones where there's not a lot of work and activation and they, they don't have anything to grit through and push through. There's no face wincing or grimacing. It's actually just breathing and showing your body that movement can be safe. Many of the times, if you're in a SOS situation, it's lying on your back. Great. Now that we're on our back, what simple hip movements can we do and shoulder movements that I can teach you to bring some kind of movement gently to start showing your body that movement safe. And when people start to stand up or they notice, oh, it's a hell of a lot easier to stand up than it was to get down. I always said, well, how hard did we just work? And it's not that I'm trying to sell the work is easy, but I need them to understand that there's other ways to create a change other than intensity. And we didn't just go barrel through the body. We actually just relaxed it and they felt better. That's the first positive connection in their mind that maybe this doesn't need to be that, that brute force that they've been applying towards a situation. And I see this show up all of the time with positions. So I'll give you an example. There's a really simple hip exercise in my program. It restores people's ability to rotate their hip. So if you've got tight hips, if you've got a step back, step back, this exercise can be very helpful for that. Now, the funny, not funny, but the interesting thing is whenever anybody says, then this really hurts when I do it. Well, to me, that doesn't make sense because this is a natural mechanical exercise. We're just asking the hip to move exactly how the hip is supposed to move. Show me, what are you doing? They'll get into the position. They'll do the exercise that I'm showing them and then they'll crank on it. And the question is, why are you trying that hard? And they're like, well, I'm just, I'm just, because I'm just trying to move my hip as far as it can go. And my advice for them is always the same. Try half as hard as you think you should. Try to do these exercises with half of the intensity that you think you should, and then let's start there. And whenever I give that piece of coaching advice, the person pulls off the gas, they pump the brakes a little bit, and they're like, oh, that feels... I mean, I don't feel pain and okay, great. You don't feel pain doing this. So then the next question is, is why didn't you start there? Why were you just looking for pain? Why did you have to take yourself to this level instead of pulling back to find the sweet spot of what actually feels nice and good for you? And this is also the, the addiction part of pain. And it shows up with yoga practices where we really deepen positions with our body. We're always searching for depth, depth, depth. It shows up in rehab. We're always pushing, pushing, pushing. What if we were to just 
look at our movement practice as finding this, this window. And for some people, it's really small. It's this window of just little motion where there is no pain. Hell yeah, that's where we start from. Let's not go big or go home. Let's start small. So it's only through physical exercise that I'm able to show people what their relationship to intensity is because they just want to overdo it. And I'm always saying, no, 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 come back with me. That's, that's way too much. Let's learn how to regulate this. I got a question for you on that. Yeah. <clears throat> so um, I know that a lot of people struggle with body awareness. And so they, they, they're not sure where it is until the pain is so loud. It, it, it's literally blaring in there, you know, like it's pulsating through their body. Like for, for me, for example, when I'm stretching, you know, that there's, there's the whole the practice of finding that tension. And once it's, it's, you have a lot of tension, then you back off of it is would damage be done if they go and they find that pain the, not that they're searching for it, but it's there to say, there's your wall and then back off of it to stay in that place. But it's like just, just shy of where the pain begins. Could that be a good place to maybe begin for someone? Yeah. It's just shy of where the pain begins. That's a great place. It's okay. just shy of where non-pain symptoms begin. Numbness, tingling, buzzing, tension, or aggravation. It's just shy of where emotions start to show up. Can we pull back just a little bit to find that space that actually feels good? And, and again, that might be a really small space for a lot of people, but that's where we can then open up from there. The word that's coming screaming to me is grace. And, uh, you know, with, with so many of us, we get to that stage that I was talking about a few minutes ago where you're just so angry, you're just so pissed off, you just hate that your body hurts like this all the time, you hate that you can't sleep, and, and you almost start punishing yourself. And mm -hmm. I think what I'm hearing from both of you is this is the exact moment where you need to offer yourself the most grace and understand that this is going to be a slow process it's going to be little movements you're not going to bench press 250 pounds out of the gate you're going to start with just the bar you know you're not going to be able to move your hips like you want them to they're just going to be tiny motions uh out of the gate and so uh grace seems to be what you guys are talking about here and also that understanding that this is this is a process and this is going to take some time and you know with the exception of you Vinny who like had a, a surfing accident most of our back pain doesn't really happen overnight right it's a mm -hmm. usually it's a little bit of a build up we start to put on some weight we start moving less you know, we bend, lift and twist in a weird way when we're picking up kids toys or vacuuming or doing some weird, you know, uh, everyday mundane exercise. That and then we start to tweak it. Then we start to notice a problem. And the reason that I'm setting this all up is because of the next question that I want to ask both of you. As we're going through this process and dealing with our back pain and or our weight gain for, for you, Chris, and somebody that's in your space, we start to develop a story. We start to develop a whole set of like oh, the stories, the best word to put about who we are, what the situation is. And the, the story can be really useful for us in some cases. And let me give you an example. Uh, at the height of my back pain, uh, it got me out of doing a lot of things I didn't want to do. Like I just didn't want to do them. I see people would say like, "Hey, let's go do this thing, and we're gonna, be, you know, be at a show." And da 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 da. And I was like, "No way! I'll be standing for eight hours. That sounds like torture. I'm out." And then when I got better and I got well and I put myself into a place where I could do those things again, I found that that story was still playing in my head a little bit. It was like, you know, you can just say your back hurts and you don't have mm. to do this. <laughs> uh, and so I, I want to have a great discussion about. All right. How do we start to unravel the story? Once we move ourselves into a place where we've gotten some relief and we're starting to feel a little bit better, what's a good practice for folks to start to work on a positive story for themselves? And Vinny, I'll let you hit this around first. Yeah, I think step one in that story, rewriting it, by the way, I can relate because my back tend to hurt more when there was a diaper change. <laughs> it, you know i don't know if it was related but it just hurt yeah. a little and those midnight feedings maybe my back hurt a little bit more i don't know yeah right right that'll be podcast number three we'll we'll get there it is yeah. uh so 
there's something really interesting. If we were to replay this episode and listen, and, and I'm also in this too, if we were to listen to how both of you talked about back pain, there's a really interesting word that keeps being used, my back pain. When we introduce I, me, or my pain, it becomes a part of us in our mind. It becomes a part of us in our story. And in doing so, it's almost like possession. It's almost like it's a part of us. It's mine. It's my pain. Nobody's going to take my pain away. And you learn how to use your pain skillfully. And I'm not saying you want it there, but it serves a purpose. For me, yeah. I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. And I was afraid of failure. And I had fallen so far from the top of being an athlete that pain was actually very useful because I had an excuse to be a washout. I had an excuse to give up. I had an excuse why I didn't make it to the Olympics. I had an ex a very valid excuse for why I wanted to take some me time on the weekend as being a young dad at 24 and why I just needed, I needed space from everybody and everything. My pain was very useful to me. Though I didn't want to be in it, I learned how to use it successfully. And step one, I believe in the, the first couple steps of rewriting your story, we first have to get clear on what our story is and how we've over identified with pain. And when we begin to tell our story about back pain, let's start saying the back, the pain. Let's create a little bit of space in how we're talking about it so we can stop owning it and stop having possession over it. And it's so interesting when we start to tell our story about back pain and we start to take away I, me, or my, we actually create a little bit of space in our mind and our narrative that we don't own it anymore. And it's actually easier to change when we don't over-identify as being this person in chronic pain. It becomes an identity. And I think a lot of people out there are going to relate to that. You're, it's just your thing. It's your thing. Your friends know that you can't go do that thing because of this thing. We first have to understand how our identity has become so intrinsically wrapped up in it. The, the really challenging part about changing our story is change is hard for a lot of people. And if you've over-identified with your pain, you can actually do the self-sabotaging things that keep your pain around because you're not wanting to change a part of yourself. So rechanging our story by putting some space, calling it the back, the knee, the neck pain, we actually get a little bit of breathing room to start telling a different story. I can see you going wild over there, Chris, man. I mean, and I love this conversation so much, but where yeah. do you want to go? Oh, it's funny. As soon as you asked the question, Matthew, immediately my, 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 my mind on the weight loss side of things went, oh, it's it's an identity issue. And then as Vinny was talking and then he came right back around to you, he's like, yes, it's it's all identity. And and Vinny, you're spot on, especially for people who are struggling with their weight. Um, there is a lot to when people say, I'm fat. You know, I'm, I'm just a chubby person. I'm a big bone person. I've always been this way and I, I'll always be this way. There, <sighs> there's a, there's, there is a benefit to that story to some people. It served them in a lot of different capacities because of certain things they did want to do or they didn't want to do. Mm -hmm. But then there's also a massive cost, especially if they are seeking change. And so one of the, that here, here's the biggest thing. And I, I want to tell a quick story. This is something I run into time after time as I start to take people through the journey of transformation, as they start to lose the physical weight, their body fat starts to get a lot lower. And there was a kind of a, a term that we coined in, in our industry as we were taking people through the journey. We said, like, look, every, every 25 pounds is another layer of protection mm. for their ego as well. And so when people start to own the fact of I am this way, it's not my body is simply reacting a certain way, but I am, this is who I am. When people own that, um, again, it just comes with a lot of cost. But what will happen is that as people start to lose the weight, a lot of people will start to self-sabotage themselves because what comes with that is a lot of responsibility is as they are adopting a new lifestyle. It's like, this is a lifestyle that you, that you are committing to continuing on for the rest of your life. You can't go back to doing what you were doing before. 
because that the identity of this is who I am. So I eat this way, I sleep this way, I drink this way. This is these are my friends. This is like the, everything that supported their ego, like of who I am in this world. Of like this is my this is who I am as I'm moving through this lifetime. It starts to fall apart, and then people have an identity crisis because their the lifestyle is changing. Who they who they really are is changing, but they're choosing to change it. But at the same time, it comes with this, this major identity crisis. And also a lot of times as they're taking on uncomfortable things and they're stepping into this uncomfortable space that they don't know, that's terrifying. Vinny, you said it, change is scary. Change is hard. And a lot of times people want to run back to what's comfortable, but then they've, they've gone so far down this road and their body is changing. But that's when, that's when we start to then see people self-sabotaging because they subconsciously want to go back to that place of comfort, to supporting what was who they thought they were before. And now they don't know who they are. And there's, there's I'm a 33-year-old mom. I thought I knew who I was, but now I have no idea who I am. And mm -hmm. so, and then there's, again, there's a space there to either grow and move forward or to run back to what was comfortable. And I've seen both of them happen. I've yeah. seen people continue to move forward and then take on the responsibility and adopt these forever changes, which is freaking terrifying. And I've also seen people run back and just think, okay, oh, you know, and they force themselves to continue the weight loss journey. They, they reach out, they touch their goal and they say, I did it. And we call it bungee jumping. You know, mm -hmm. they touch their goal and then they go right back to where they were and they mm -hmm. gain it all back and then some. And so it's like making change comes with great responsibility. And some people are too scared to take on that responsibility. It's, it's a, it can be a lot. And I so love this conversation so much and, and, but be careful because we, we all have a natural tendency if we're scared to self-sabotage and run back to that comfortable place. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I've written down some things just to recap here as we sort of wind down our hour long episode. But, you know, step one for anybody that's is in is in the weeds right now is to just lower the alarm signals, just calm things down a little bit. Um, step two is really about figure out what your SOS routine is. And I, I think that's really sound advice. What do you need to do right now to just kind of calm things down? And then you mentioned this four step sort of process, Vinny, of settle down, stretch, activate and integrate, which is again, all stuff that's on your website will send people to the pain Academy uh, site and, and they can get more of that. And then the last piece of this thing is I really want folks to to key into what is the story you're telling yourself all the time? What is your pain story? What is your I'm overweight story? What is your I can't get successful in my career story? And start to look at the language that you're using. And then just as you articulate all the time, Chris, start to make small promises to yourself so that you can start to put yourself in a better position. None of this is going to happen overnight. There's not one big fell swoop that we can make to, to make it all go away. You didn't put the weight on overnight. The back pain didn't start overnight. It's not going to come off overnight. It's not going to go away overnight. And so I hope that we've done our job here today, which is, okay, I need real action steps. And I think we provided them. Is there anything, Vinny, from you that we feel like we've left off the table that might just be of really good immediate use for somebody because this is really good advice the things that we put out there today i've i've got you know it, it goes right back to the free routine stuff i mean i i've i've got the next step this isn't some ambiguous you know go find yourself like no go here do this go to my website tell me what joint you're having a problem with like right now today within five minutes of doing that, I will give you the exercises that you can begin this process on. And that's, and that's step one. That's the most important thing that you can do right now because it is actionable. It's tangible steps, it's positions, it's exercises you can do immediately to embark on this journey. And then we've got work to do. Yeah. Great. And you mentioned it last week. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. And I love you. The ho ho pono. Is that how you say it? Ho ho pono? I believe so, but don't don't quote me on that, please. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be the soundbite that. that we Fair use. Enough. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I'm going with that. All right, man. Listen, thank you uh, again so much for coming back on to do this again with us and. 
my intuition tells me this isn't the last time we see you and i'm sure that we you know we'll, we'll get you back because back pain just continues to be i'm sure if we looked at the google search of like the top 20 <laughs> things that people search all the time year after year after year i'll bet back pains in the top 10 for yeah. the last 50 years wouldn't you oh, think yeah. oh for sure 100 yeah. percent. yeah easily absolutely all right google's all right. built on um, back pain yeah, there it is. Seriously. There it is. Yeah, yeah. I, I was going to Google this the last time we were on, but I just didn't have a computer right in front of me at the moment. I was going to Google how many billions of dollars is the back pain industry worth? Do you know the answer of any? Many. 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 Yeah, right. It's, it's just it's just many. Yeah. Yeah. It's too yeah. much. Yeah. All right. We'd like to uh, play a little round of name that tune with our guests. We didn't get to it last week <laughs> because we just were so like entrenched in what was going on. But I've got my clip ready for Vinny here. Uh, Chris. You want to help him out, you totally can. All right, I'm in. Let's go. But the way we play this, Vinny, like like a hurdle, which was the greatest game ever, and then they took it away from me. Mm. Uh, but where you get the first three to four seconds of a song, and then you have to identify it. Are okay. Give me your best you shot. You ready? Here. All right, here we go. This is Vinny's name that tune. <laughs> so knowing I know this, I could sing the whole song to you if you want. But the name. <laughs> <laughs> I'll Rod help you out. Okay, who's the artist? Nell Nelly? Yep. Yeah, ride with me. Close, close. It's exactly what it's called. It's called Ride oh, With Me. Ride with me. Oh my gosh. It is? Yes, you it totally nailed it. It's right. Oh my gosh, Vinny, you, you totally crushed it, man. Both Good of those job. names are acceptable. Must be the money and come ride with me. Yeah, I thought it was must be the money. Good. My bad, my bad, Vinny, awesome. you win. Ride <laughs> with me is exactly the Love title it. of the song. He did very, very well. He didn't even need Chris on Name That Tune today. I, I messed it up, so he especially didn't need me. I got you. I got you, <laughs> yes, man. Thank you, brother. You carried it. Uh, I want to wrap up nice. with the question. And uh, we're, we're on the screen. For those of you who are watching our podcast on YouTube now, you can see that Vinny's got an incredible lineup of tattoos. Um, and so I've got a couple. Chris has got a couple. What's your tattoo story, man? Like, what's the what's the where's the first ink that showed up on your body? Oh, uh, first first ink, and hey, we we all make choices when we're younger that we're not. Spring break, Wiley Coyote. We're we're not proud of, and you know, I just got this like panda on my hip. I don't want to talk about it more than that. We're just gonna leave it there. Be close. Okay, that was all like right. the first one. Um, but my my favorite my favorite tattoo is on my hand. And it says, be here now. Um, yes. My son is, has struggled with, with uh, a lot of health problems his whole life. And we were in and out of hospitals from the time he was 18 months to six, six years old. And we were in this like really precarious situation where it was really touch and go. And I remember the doctor came into our, our hospital room and he said, hey, you, you need to prepare. You need, you need to prepare your goodbye. And it was the single most overwhelming I would gladly take a broken back over that conversation. Ten, endlessly for the rest of my life, I would take that traumatic injury any day over that conversation. And uh, I was just trying to, I was so overwhelmed in that moment and a nurse came in and instead of having uh, Children's Hospital, instead of having the little name badges with the names on it, her name badge just said, be here now. And it was just this universal sign in, in one of the darkest, hardest moments of my life to take that deep breath and crawl up into that hospital bed with him and just snuggle him and show that boy as much love as I could. And, and there's a reason why I got it on my hand so I can see it every damn day to remind myself presence is the best gift, not to let whatever you're going through overwhelm you. Incredible wow. story. Ram Das has got... Yeah. education for days man i get loads of people to look into his work because it's incredible um and then so from there how 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 many tattoos are you total Do i you even know i think i've lost count at 35 i think wow. it's about i'm running body. out of room running out of real estate <laughs> so i've got some room on my legs left okay okay but in chest back everything uh, we're, we're working on the back piece now. Yeah. Chest, arms, hand, fingers, neck. We're staying away from the face. This is the off limits yeah, part. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yes. I, I think I see, don't I see one on your neck? Didn't that hurt like hell? It was, it was the worst experience. It was six hours of 
having to lay on your side and then somebody's like form because they have to like stretch the skin you know to create it to make it taut so then that way it doesn't like wrinkle in or fold up on itself so it's laying on your side with somebody pressing on your neck it was just constantly almost on the verge of like blacking out and then you'd relieve pressure to dip the needle and then back to the pressure yeah i needed a good neck pain routine for at least a week after that one oh, that was wild man. yeah is it on both sides yeah. Uh, no. So I, I've got an owl on this side and the owl is holding, it's gripping a blank, uh, script and it's the, the symbolism was to have the wisdom to make sure that you hold on to the right story. You can hold on to any story that you, you're going to hold on to a story, make sure you've got the wisdom to tell the right one. And I got this really, cause again, things started to change when I started to tell different stories, same situation, different stories, different experience and outcome. And then uh, the other one on my neck was uh, from one of the last great, great moments I had with my father. He and I were smoking a cigar. Great, great moment, father, son. I ended up getting uh, the ashes of that cigar um, mixed into the ink and then tattooed on my neck to just hold on to that moment. Wow. Forever. So that's really special. Most of them mean things except for the panda on the hip. That was, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I couldn't, I couldn't BS you and come up with a meaning for that at all. Uh, <laughs> oh man there's there's vinny's site right there painacademy.net just go look at it you know answer a couple of questions and get a get a couple of free tools and just get started mm -hmm. today and uh just know that the three people on this screen are cheering for you we all understand how hard this journey is how difficult it's going to be how dark the days are going to be but we also understand what it's like when the pain goes away and as vinny just said you can start to tell a different story so uh, you know, I, I think the, the only way to lose the battle is to give up and stop moving completely. Mm -hmm. So as long as you're trying things, I think you're going to find eventually you end up in a great place. Vinny, thank you again for jumping on for round two, man. Thank Thanks, you, gentlemen, for having me. Wow. All right, man. How yeah. you feeling? I feel great, man. It's, it's, so, it's so cool. There are so many parallels between a journey to relieve pain, a journey to lose weight, a journey to improve a relationship. I mean, you break it all down and it comes down to identity, expectations, uh, thoughts, feelings, emotions. I mean, isn't it something? You take the physicality out of all of it and then there's the there's inner path that, that just lies right down the middle of all of it. Yes. Well, and I just found it so helpful today that, you know, we, we helped people maybe create their SOS plan. We helped people understand why stretching and activating are important. And then for me, from my standpoint, you knew I was going to say this from jump. I love that we're talking about what is that story that you're telling yourself and others right now that could eventually be changed. Yes. Uh, I just, you know, unless you're dead, you can keep writing new words. So uh, it's just important to number one, get aware of the story you're sharing. And then number two, start to rewrite that for yourself, you know? Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Such a, what, what a great, great guest. And that was, that was round, uh, that was round two there. We might have to go to round three down the road, but you know what? There's so many great takeaways here. Let's, let's send it out into the universe. Let people start to play around with these takeaways and we'll revisit it again in the future. All right, buddy. Uh, let's remind everybody one last time before we go, the cap app is out right now. And if you are somebody who struggles with that, that thing we were just talking about, if you're not happy with the story, one promise at a time could genuinely uh, help you reshape and, and shift that thinking into getting in. And, and I know that the app is sort of 10 in one and you can meet people where they are, but a quick story from you, man. What was one of your favorite modalities to create and put on the cap tab for me i can't pick one can i pick two okay um they were breathing and gratitude because really? you know obviously obviously of course we have robust nutrition and training thousands of workouts and everything but it was switching over to those are the two of the tools that really helped me in my darkest moments um, when i was really struggling with my mental health is that breathing helped me in the moment it was like triage for my emotions, for when I was heightened stress, heightened anxiety, heightened agitation. The moment I actually started implementing breathing exercises that I thought were very woo woo at the time, sure enough, 
they really helped me change my life. And so I'm, I was super passionate about including the breathing exercises. And then the other thing that really, that I started practicing that again, I thought was just a little, I don't know, I thought I was on the cusp of some new agey stuff was a, a gratitude practice. And the, the moment I started listing things that I was grateful for every day, as I moved through life every day, I started seeing new things to be grateful for. And I realized that practicing those, kind of flexing those mental muscles started to wire my brain to start to see things to be grateful for all over the place. And it's, dude, there, there's some truth to this stuff. And so building those two modules were really important for me to be able to offer them to everybody because I mean, if you're looking to reduce your stress or improve your mood or build your confidence and you're sick and tired of just being frustrated, there's so much, and I, I know I know you know this, but there is just so much to the mental and emotional aspect of it. You must apply those if you're trying to change your body physically. So that's, again, it's like picking a favorite child. I can't pick one. I, I definitely have to pick two there. It's in the great app, man. I encourage everybody to go check it out right now. Seven day trial is waiting for our I needed that audience. Enjoy it. Have a really amazing week. And we'll see everybody back here next week for another episode of I Needed That. Have a great day, Chris. Have a great day, my friend.